0: we're not just building a tourist destination trail system we're we're building a quality of life trail system that absolutely benefits the locals and they get it and everybody's working together and everybody's riding bikes and so when people come to town and you're riding around lost and you're like where's the trailhead at some local's going to stop you and be like hey man you looking for the trails because that's that's the kind of town that we've got going right now and i think that's really cool to be a part of that
1: Kyle is the executive director of White Pine County Tourism based out of Ely, Nevada. White Pine County and Ely, Nevada are on the brink of becoming the next mountain bike boomtown. There's a lot of unique characteristics about this region of Nevada, so if you are thinking about where to ride next, be sure to check out Ely and White Pine County, as it just might be the next best destination you haven't been to yet. Support for Trail Effect comes from Smith's Bike Shop in La Crosse, Wisconsin. Smith's is a full-service bike shop that is a retailer for Trek Bicycle Company and Salsa Cycles. Smith also has a full line of components and accessories from Bontrager and other various companies. For more information about Smith's Bike Shop, go to www.smithsbikes.com. A special thanks goes out to Ben Wellenek of Mountain Bike Radio for supporting this podcast and to the people who have shared their time and knowledge. Without this, we would not have these stories to tell. This podcast is an Evolution Trail Services production. For more information about Evolution Trail Services, go to www.evotrails.com.
2: Well, here we are at the Trail Effect Podcast. So we have Kyle Horvath here. Kyle is in charge
1: of tourism, executive director of tourism for the city of Ely, Nevada, uh,
2: for
0: the entire for all through the entire county. So White Pine County, and that includes Ely as the base camp, uh, and then the outpost communities of McGill, Baker, which is out by Great Basin National Park, Ruth, and Lund. And so, all of them have their own unique character and and tourism value. And so, we we market all of them. Just Ely is the is the base camp for all of it.
2: Is that technically the county seat then, too, or the for that for that county or White Pine County?
0: It is the county seat. So that's it's the economic center of the county. That's why you get all the the hotels, restaurants, shopping, all that good stuff.
2: So let's hear about Kyle Harvath and, and how you got into mountain biking and how you got into tourism
0: well I, I moved out to uh, Lake Tahoe after I graduated college in Michigan and uh, kind of that was my first step into tourism because I was a I was a certified tennis pro so I taught tennis for 15 years until the economy tanked um, one of the many times in my life and uh, decided to use the marketing degree that I had uh, started designing websites putting on events and got picked up by Carson City tourism so I was the what started out as the social media manager and then quickly moved up to the entire marketing manager for all of visit carson city and uh, at that time they were rebranding themselves out of just a historic destination into outdoor recreation arts and culture music all that good stuff and after six years of working with that community uh, and they've they did a great job i was invited out to ely to do the exact same thing as the director of tourism so it's uh, an- another great uh, Nevada community. It's uh, It has all the assets of the capital city minus um, just on a scaled down version, you know, and that was kind of the cool thing of moving out here was, is there was so much diversity to promote, not just the amazing trails, but there was an appreciation for arts and culture. There was a steam train, there's a national park. Uh, there was a lot of things that was going to keep my attention for a number of years. And plus the community as a whole was really supportive about it. So. Yeah. And then in regards to mountain biking, I've just ridden my bike my entire life in one way or another. And, you know, as life goes on, you get married, you have kids, you you leave mountain biking for a little bit, you get divorced, you come back to it. And uh, I mean, shoot, just last night, my 10-year-old daughter and I were out riding as the sun went down, because um, that's what you do out here, man. After work rides, it's it's awesome.
2: Well, let's, let's back up a little bit. What, what part of Michigan did you grow up in?
0: Uh, well, actually, I grew up in Virginia. So started out on the East Coast, went to Ferris State University in Michigan. So that's in Big Rapids, about an hour north of Grand Rapids. And the only reason you would go there from out of state is if you were a tennis player or a golfer. Um, and so that's that's what got me out there. And Midwest was awesome. Love the people. Uh, it was a great four years. And uh, yeah, when I graduated, I had never been west of the Mississippi before. And this position in Lake Tahoe opened up and I, I literally packed up the U-Haul. And was like head tennis pro in Lake Tahoe. Why not? And the rest is history. I've actually lived in Nevada longer than I've lived in any other state. So Virginia, you know, I, st- I still claim it. I still have the accent every once in a while. But Nevada's been my home for over twenty years now.
2: Wow. So with tennis, and this is something that we're totally sidetracking here because this has came up <laughs> two times in different podcasts. Um, is there any tie-, tie to pickleball for you now that you're getting a little bit older?
0: Uh, no, no. I got out of tennis when I was on top and, uh, I am pursuing my amateur mountain bike career, uh, as well as my really amateur disc golf career. So, uh, that's, that's kind of what I'm focusing on now.
2: Those are good things. Really good things. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So tell me about a little bit about Carson city and their mountain biking before we go into Ely and how, kind of how that okay. set the stage for you to roll into Ely.
0: Yeah. So, so Carson city did have, uh, a pretty strong infrastructure already with their mountain bike trails in Ash Canyon. And they had just finished uh, a destination trail called the the Kings to Ash Canyon or Ash to Kings Trail. And when that was completed, it got the attention of Todd Sadow with Epic Rides. And Todd came down and decided that Carson City was going to be a good place to bring his Carson City off-road, which was part of a much larger series. And so there was, there was a lot of locals that had been there for, you know, a decade or more building these trails, trying to legitimize them, just blood, sweat, and tears. And then industry comes in and legitimizes all of their efforts. And that really was kind of the what got them over the hump right there. But it was also going on at the same time that the downtown was being remodeled and new farm-to-fork restaurants were opening up. And so it was a community where you could leave from your garage, leave from downtown and be on dirt in no time. Uh, which coincidentally is the same thing here in Ely too, you know, and I, I seem to be drawn to that type of quality of life where, you know, you can just jump on your bike and ride and you've got single track all around you. So through through being the marketing manager with Carson City, just made a lot of connections with the industry and then other trail communities like Downeyville, you know, those guys have been really supportive and connecting with the other communities in Nevada. Uh, and it's been a huge asset out here in Ely now because those relationships just pretty much follow you. And I've had the opportunity to, you know, kind of reach out into Southern Utah, which uh, is really nice because we're actually closer to Utah and St. George and Cedar City out here in Ely. And so, yeah, the the network just keeps on growing.
2: So with that, how much mountain biking was there in Ely before you arrived? If I I did a little bit of research, I'd try to research um, the people I interview. And I think you, you must have came to Ely in 2018. Is that correct?
0: Oh man. So yeah, um th- July will be the end of my third year. So yeah, 28 2018 that that fiscal year. Um, but I was coming out to Ely prior to that. Uh, every time the tennis season was done in Tahoe, I'd get in the car and I'd go out to Moab and I would camp for like 2 weeks out in the desert and ride bikes. And uh, Ely was always the place where you had to stop, you had to get gas, walk the dog, uh, get some food, get all your provisions and then and then head out into Utah. To finish the rest of your trip. So I, I kind of knew about this place as a stopping point. And then as Fierce Tears and Beers uh, kind of came onto my radar as I wanted to start doing events, I came out and did some Fierce Tears and Beers races. And it turns out that, you know, without even knowing that that was the first and oldest Enduro mountain bike race in the country. So when you ask, you know, what, how much trails did Ely have before I got out here, man, they've, they've been doing it for a long time. Started Enduro mountain bike racing in North America, there's you know an entire crew of people who hung up their dirt bikes for mountain bikes and uh, took the trails that were starting to get decommissioned into non-motorized trails um, and just being like well we still want to ride them and, and and riding bikes we've got a an eye doctor in town don robertson and he was you know putting derailers on beach cruisers at the same time that you know the first first mountain bikers were anywhere else in the country north bay um, any of that. So, you know, the timing of mountain biking being born was happening multiple places at the same time. And Ely was one of them. So we've got about 50 miles of trail right now, and we've got a pretty exciting trail expansion plan um, that has been approved and our land managers have been great. And now it's time just to start moving dirt.
2: Yeah, we can, let's roll into that. I had that a little bit further down in some of our topics, but Ely, if I, if I did my research properly, Ely mm-hmm. was a recipient of the Amba Trail Accelerator Grant.
0: It was. Man, that was that was really, really exciting. Uh, because again, talk about somebody in the industry coming in and kind of putting their seal of approval on your community. That's exactly what happened when we got that trail accelerator grant. So we had been again, you know, building trail probably a mile a year by hand with the with the five people that, you know, come out and do it. And so slowly doing this expansion, but The director of outdoor, or excuse me, uh, the recreation manager for the Bureau of Land Management came to me, uh, two years ago and was like, Hey, we're going to do this expansion up on Garnet Hill. And, you know, do you, do you guys want to put a mountain bike trail up there? And the answer was, was no, I want to put a ton of mountain bike trails up there. So he kind (laughs) of gave me the permission to go after this trail accelerator grant. I had told him that, you know, this was coming online soon and Between his idea of you know expanding Garnet Hill, which is which is a garnet rock collection site just outside of Ely, you can actually you know pull out you know pinky tip sized garnets out of the ground. Uh, His plan was to put some expand the parking, uh, more restroom facilities, campgrounds along the way, uh, just some general improvements to make the area more exciting. And so, when Joey Klein came out, and he's who we worked with um, from the Trail Solution Group to, to do all the mapping. I mean, I went out a couple of days with him and just the, the look on his face of being like, you have all of this to work with. I mean, you've got forest, you've got cliffs, you've got rocks, you've got I mean, your dirt is amazing. And so we just kind of sat there and, and, and waited while he did his magic and, and the team kind of drew lines on maps. And what was it? Probably a month and a half, maybe two months ago, we got the maps and God, the trail system is amazing. It's uh, this great cloverleaf trail system that has two trails that shoot off and go up connecting with some of our other trails that are that are on that mountain but they connect right into the downtown and that's our entire like trail development plan just and it's because i love riding bikes from my garage and you know finishing there so everything connects into the downtown it's 21 miles of purpose-built single track all ability levels from greens to double black diamonds that you can pedal out to the trailhead, uh, it's about six miles outside of town. You can get dropped off in numbers of places by, your, by vehicle. Or the exciting thing is, is that the Nevada Northern Railway, which is that steam train that we have, goes right past it and stops right at the trailhead. So you are actually gonna be able to load your bike up onto a historic steam engine from the early 1900s and get shuttled to the trailhead to ride this amazing Imba system right back into downtown Ely.
2: Oh wow! So I have some background with the Imba Trail Accelerator Grant myself, as I I wrote the grant that we were that we got awarded in Lacrosse, where I live, and we actually Wisconsin, we, yeah,
0: yep. So we were awarded. My roommate in college was from Lacrosse.
2: Really? Yep. So that's where. Yeah, totally. Uh, yeah. So we uh, we were awarded that grant in 2018, fall of 2018, and We planned in 2019 with EMBA and we built in 2020 and it's done right on man. So we put in six miles right in the middle of right on granddad bluff, which is like the most iconic overlook of the city in La Crosse.
0: That's killer, man. Congratulations. The EMBA trail
2: accelerator grant. Thank you. The EMBA trail accelerator grant is really, it's a really integral part in that there are no other grants available for planning that I'm aware of. And I don't think, you know, and I've had conversations with a handful of people at Imba, including Joey Klein, because Joey Klein was here. Um, he was doing some planning about 30 miles up the road from us last, a, a year ago this week. And him and I went out and rode with some people from where his community, the community that he was planning in. And he doesn't know of any other planning grants as well. So that was a really good move on on Imba to get that planning rolling because we all know everybody wants to get trails built, but getting the actual trail built isn't the hard part. It's getting the planning done. It's getting the approvals. It's getting everything ahead of that before you can stick a shovel in the ground. Right. Right. So
0: totally. And that, that was a lesson that I had to learn in Carson city, you know, cause I, you know, I'm fired up and ready to go, you know, let's, let's do this. What's holding things back. And you just realize that there is a a long process that's necessary. It's not an it's not an unnecessarily hard process. It's just you have to go through all of those steps in order to build quality trail and to have something that you know is going to be appreciated for a long time and not become a problem. So, no, I agree with you, man. The the planning is is a necessary step. A lot of people just want to get out and start building trails, but um, I, I learned a lot, especially running around the mountain with Joey and just seeing how an actual professional trail planner looks at the mountain. And, and how to approach it from a planning standpoint. So, um, and no, there is no other trail grants for planning out there. Um, I've I've looked. It's it's you guys.
2: Yeah. So, what's your? Uh, do you have a timeline or any any kind of uh, plan for getting your system built? You got you know you got the maps from EMBA and everything. And yep. Now, what are your next steps that you can that you foresee? So,
0: the next steps are are going after funding and. The Bureau of Land Management applied for a Sniplema grant, and so that's a a Southern Nevada lands grant where when they sell public lands in Las Vegas in order for development, those proceeds go into a pot that rural communities who um, have agreed to designate certain areas as wilderness area um, are available for these funds to go ahead and build recreation opportunities in public lands. So. It's open to Bureau of Land Management. It's open to the Forest Service. And uh, coincidentally, uh, both the BLM and the Forest Service have trail expansion plans that have been mapped and approved and are on the block to get funded. So we might get one of them funded. We might get the other one funded, or we might get both of them funded. And if that's the case, uh, you're looking at 50 miles, of new trail being built surrounding downtown Ely over the next five to 10 years. Um, which is pretty amazing. And we find out and we fi- find out hopefully in September if that funding comes through.
2: Wow. So in 2022, you could potentially be starting to see some progress.
0: Absolutely. We hope so.
2: So aside from your your interactions with AMBA, what is the local club like there? Do you have a local um, trail club that, that kind of puts their stake in the ground as far as like maintenance and coordinating? You know, volunteer work and all the good things that local trail organizations do?
0: Definitely, definitely. So Great Basin Trails Alliance is our local trails organization. Pretty much, they've been the ones who've been the liaison with the land managers over the last 17 years. They're the ones that put on Fierce Tears and Beers, which is pretty much the the main fundraiser other than grants for making money for for trail building and trail maintenance. They're the ones who have the contract for for going out and doing any kind of maintenance or repair And they're the ones that have usually been doing the the planning and and mapping and going out and figuring out how to build trail. You know, I mean, we had uh, one member who has a contractor's license who essentially spent some time to learn a mini excavator, and because hand building takes a long time, and so we did a a couple tutorials and and clinics and got out there, and he's been getting better and better at it every foot. So it's a it's a very grassroots operation out here. I mean, we do not have the the heavy population that other areas have uh, to to draw from. And so Ely is just a very roll your sleeves up, get it done, learn while you're doing it. And that's what they've been doing for, like I said, the last 17 years. That's why it's kind of cool to start getting this attention and being able to work with professionals because the learning curve is just like through the roof now.
2: If you had to describe what your local trails look like as they sit today for somebody that was coming to Ely, what is your, what is the type of trails that you have? I mean, is it a pretty good cross-section of everything from Rocky gnarly, you know, double black diamond stuff to smooth flowy green level flow stuff?
0: Yeah. I mean, I can kind of do a, a, a walkthrough of, of the trail system briefly. It's, I, I would say overall, if you had to use one way to describe it, it would be, um, adventure cross country, Uh trailer enduro bike you're going to do great on. I've got a, I got a, a stash that I absolutely love. It's a hard tail that does just fine as long as I'm not jumping off of anything big. Um, but pretty much, you know, you start close to town, that's going to be like our green trails. It's ice plant Canyon. Uh, it's smooth. It's flowy. Um, adults love them. Kids love them. You can go, go as fast and as big as you want. Um, but yeah, ice plant Canyon, is kind of our towny trails, you know, that's where you can go after work and just get a quick ride in. Uh, And as you move further up the mountain onto Ward Mountain, it's just, it's more of that just big mountain experience, you know, you've got huge vistas, you're, you're out there, you don't hear cars or planes, you can hear the birds, you can hear the wind, uh, and you can go for those big rides. I mean, you can link together, you know, 20 some mile rides, um, again, that all loop around or, um, or connect right back into the downtown. Then on the other side of Ely, uh, we've got kind of our Black Diamond stuff. And that's off of uh, kind of the Garnet Hill Squaw Peak area. And uh, those are the trails that In fierce Tears, and Beers, that's what the experts get to ride. So it's Rob's Knob. Um, It's a trail, excuse my French, this was named before I got there, but it was called Whorehouse Hill because it comes right into the back of the brothels. And so, I mean, that's, I mean, we're talking, it's Nevada. I mean, it's Nevada. (laughs) So... So yeah, so those are the black diamond trails and I'll tell you, that, you know, the the downhills over there, those are the the pucker worthy, you know, rocky, chunky, I wreck every time I go down them super super fun trails, you know. So and those lead all back into the downtown and that's all going to connect in with this whole new Garnet Hill trail system that you guys have designed for us. And then
2: that Emba that Emba's designed. I don't work for Emba.
0: <laughs> yes, that Emba designs, that Emba designs and then if you get out to cave lake state park which is a which is a gorgeous state park it's probably 15 20 minutes outside of town uh, that trail system i would call our flagship trail system i mean it is a true destination ride uh, you could get anywhere from you know 5 miles to 10 miles but you're going to climb i mean there's there's definitely some climbing but what goes up comes down and twisted pines was actually an imba built trail probably Maybe ten years ago, um, well before I got here. But you can you can tell the difference. As, as soon as you get onto Twisted Pines, it's just like the heavens open up. The angels start singing. You are flowing downhill. There's jumps. There's rocks. There's burn. I mean, it is unbelievable. And you go from you know the top of limestone cliffs through multiple you know zones and environments all the way down into like this riverbed area, and then you pop out at the parking lot, and you're just like you can't stop smiling. So I definitely recommend Cave Lake. Uh, And then as you're heading out to Great Basin National Park, there's a trail system uh, that I'm actually gonna be camping at this weekend for Memorial Day. It's called Sacramento Pass Recreation Area. And you can't can't ride in national parks, but this is definitely the closest you can get to riding in a national park. I mean, it is literally on the hill just before the border to the national park. You've got a 13,000 foot mountain right there is your backdrop and uh the terrain is completely different it's like granite limestone rock slabs you know where ely's got great dirt you know um it's just it's like hero dirt you know all summer long you get out to sacramento pass and it's it's rocks it's chunks it's slabs it's totally different than than anything else um so if you are passing through between you know moab and tahoe or anything like that you're gonna to have to drive right past it. So why not get out of the car and pedal around a little bit?
2: Yeah. So you've talked about pretty significant significant climbs and descents. What are we talking about for elevation of Ely? Like where is it set in town? And then where is what's your peak elevations roughly in that in that zone?
0: Okay. So our downtown is at 6,500 feet above sea level. So that's the same as as lake level Lake Tahoe, which means our temperatures are significantly cooler in the summertime. You know, 40-degree temperature swings. Maybe we get up into the low 90s in the summer, you know, and that's our heat wave for a week. Um, but it certainly gets down very comfortable at night. And then the ice plant and Ward Mountain trails, they just kind of climb up. I think you're going to probably top out at close to eight, five. maybe at some of these 9,000 feet, you know, at, at your high point. So I, I would say be ready to climb 1,200 to 2,000 feet. Um, for some of these rides, anywhere between six miles and, and 10 miles or more. And then if you get to a high point that leads you back into town, you're going to descend, you know, all the way back down into town. So we're talking, you know, 2000 foot descents over a seven mile downhill that's been built for downhill um, back to town. So but our mountains, honestly, our mountains go up to, you know, Ward Mountain. Its peaks are at 11000 feet. You get over into the high shells where we do most of our our backcountry skiing and snowboarding. You're you're closer to twelve, and then Wheeler Peak and Great Basin National Parks at thirteen thousand feet. So when you get at ten thousand feet and above, that's where you start getting the bristlecone pines. Um, and uh, and I'll tell you, man, like to to be amongst those things is just unreal. I would definitely recommend any chance you get to go out to a bristlecone pine forest and just sit in
2: their presence. Oh wow, that sounds pretty awesome. You, now you've talked a little bit about your uh, Fears, Tears and Beers event. Mm-hmm. Do you have any... It's, and it also sounds like the community of Ely could host a Carson City style off-road event. Is that something that you guys have discussed ever um, or would like to go in that direction as far as you know if you guys have the mileage it sounds like and you have the downtown access which is a huge component of successful events.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. We, we've definitely humored that idea. Um, kind of the goal is, is to have an event around every discipline, bicycle discipline we, we can do out here. So, um, you've got the Enduro event. We have an event in September called race the rails, which is kind of a, kind of a fun social, um, event for either road riders or gravel riders where you do load your bike on the train, you get dropped off at the mine, and then you race the train back to town. We've got a big party afterwards and everything like that. So it's it's families do it. Serious racers do it. I think we've had a handful of people actually beat the train. But then that branched off into all the gravel opportunities that we have, uh, which is unreal. I mean, we are wealthy in dirt roads out here. So I'd love to do a gravel event. And that could go all the way up to a century ride or more because we we have that opportunity. And then from the cross-country standpoint, yeah. I mean, when when these trails get finished, uh, there's absolutely no reason for an event promoter not to be looking at Ely to come in and do something big. I mean, you've got the downtown. You've got – what last time I counted, I think we have 1,100 spaces to stay. So that would be hotel, motel rooms, and then RV spots and campgrounds. Um, so I mean, plenty of places to stay. You've got all the campgrounds in the state park and national park. And then you're going to, I mean, you're literally going to have a hundred miles. When I calculate everything that is accessible to the downtown, our mark is a hundred miles of single track uh, that will be able to be used. So yeah, Todd, if you're listening or any other promoter, hey, we're ready to dance. Yeah.
2: Well, I mean, it, all the ingredients are there. You know, you look at, you look at those uh, offer events that Todd Sato does, you know, they all start and end in a downtown area as you're well aware Yep. being involved with the one in Carson City. But it seems like that's you know that's the ticket for any really good successful event is is to have that circumnavigation, easy easy starting, easy ending, fun atmosphere. Yep. You know, type of thing. Yep.
0: And it's cool because so the, the community supports it. You know, and that's and that's kind of the the thing that I want to let kind of let everybody know and and celebrate is that you know there are communities that I that I know people that are working within those communities where. They're, you know, running into roadblocks. You know, people not understanding the the benefits of trails to a community, both economic and health wise. Um, and that is that's not the case here right now. I mean, we, our our city, our county commission, our land managers, and we started a uh, Nica High School mountain bike team three years ago, and it has been amazing to to see this team go from five kids to ten kids to fifteen kids to you know now there are younger siblings who aren't eligible to ride or are doing kids camps and you've got parents riding and so it's i feel like we're not just building a tourist destination trail system we're we're building a quality of life trail system that absolutely benefits the locals and they get it and everybody's working together and everybody's riding bikes and so when people come to town and you're riding around lost and you're like where's the trailhead at some local's going to stop you and be like hey man you looking for the trails? Because that's that's the kind of town that we've got going right now. And I think that's really cool to be a part of that, because uh, not everybody gets that experience. There's a lot of hardworking trail builders that are working a lot harder right now um, to try to get through the red tape than we are. And I just really appreciate it.
2: Yeah. Let's talk about Ely as a community. You know, you, you're you there for three years now. Um, you know, tell me, give me your your take on Ely as a community, not just a mountain bike community, but a, the full the full spectrum
0: cool cool yeah i'd love to um so when i was looking at taking this job uh, everybody in carson city was like oh my god we love ely you're gonna love it it is your town you know you know and you're like but but carson city's my town i just spent six years making it exactly the place i wanted it to be and uh they're like no no you, you've got to check out ely and i didn't know at the time all of those people were actually from ely Uh, The the story of Ely is, you know, I mean, everybody is from Ely or knows somebody from here. And then in 99, when there was a big mine shut down, all of those people left and moved to Reno and Carson City. And so I was literally talking to locals, not knowing um, the passion behind this community. So I came out here and, you know, when you move from a capital city to the most remote and isolated community in the lower 48, there's a little bit of a culture shock. Um, and it was one of those culture shocks where, you know, you walk into a store and I've, I've got a, I've got a look, um, and it's not the Ely look. Um, and people were like, oh, you're not from here. And that's kind of a scary endeavor when you, when you come to a new town and everybody knows who you are and you don't know anybody there. But then the next thing that was always said was, was welcome to Ely, you know, and everybody really, um, two things made me feel welcome and then absolutely like held me there and talked about what they love about the community i mean it is everybody is so passionate about this place and it's it's hard not to have it infect you know and, and to get into your blood too so it is it is a mountain town um it is a mountain town that is founded on mining and ranching and so you can imagine kind of that that uh individual get it done sense but then there's also this sense of community here too where you you do have to rely on your neighbors and you know your neighbors and it's not about fencing yourself off from them um and i like that i like that sense of community it almost feels like how things were when i grew up you know where kids were riding bikes till dark people were meeting down in the park and barbecuing you know there's just there's just that hometown sense of of community and it's and it's awesome. I mean, they, they, there's a there's a deep history here that's connected to the American story. I mean, essentially, you know, the the first wagon trains were coming through here as the California Gold Rush was happening. Uh, then the Pony Express route runs right through White Pine County. And so there was a number of outposts here following that up. Then the uh, first telegraph uh, that went across the country came right through Ely. Um and then the train. And so it's always been this hub for uh, travel, uh, communications, things like that. We've got three different highways that all come through here. So I joke, you know, it was no coincidence that I was driving through Ely 20 years ago, going to Moab. Like every road comes through this place. You can't help but drive through here twice on your vacation to get to where you're going. And uh, and then copper was discovered in the early 1900s. So like right around 1903. And that was pretty much pretty much the boom. And it Man, it, it was rocking and rolling through the 70s, through the 80s. And then in 99, uh, the mine shut down. There was a, like a mass exodus. And Ely kind of has been in suspended animation until then, until the last three years. And then all of a sudden, you know, everybody kind of was like, hey, we were killing it. We know we can kill it again. We've, we're sitting on something amazing with our mountains, with our wildlife, with our recreation opportunities. Let's, uh, let's shake the dust off and, and redefine ourselves. And the cool thing, you know, when you come in and you're like, okay, redefine yourself, what does that mean? You know, the, the trick to my position was finding out what the community valued and then promoting and developing that, you know. And so the community values the mountains, the outdoors, conservation, neighbors, arts, um, which you don't get in a lot of rural, you know, communities. And so going through, and so I think that's how I felt kind of my, my sense of place in here was when I really started diving into what does this community value. It seemed to be the same thing that I valued. And that's who we want to attract here. My 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 end game with tourism and developing all these quality of life attractions is that we need 2,000 people to move back, you know, and we need them to, to value the mountains and community and getting involved and the arts and family and entrepreneurism and so yeah, so I'm hoping with all the mountain biking and the murals and you know the food scene growing, uh, getting broadband in, uh, that it will attract uh, those people that are looking for this same quality of life and, and value the same things that we value. And when that happens, there'll, there'll be no conflict because everybody's going to be here for the same reason, and it's going to be it's going to be great.
2: You just touched on something that is super important and became even more important in the last year, and that is broadband
0: yes yeah so we've we've been fighting uh, again i mean we're talking ely's history is rooted in communication i mean the pony express route was the hot technology of the day before telegraphs came in and then it was the hot technology of the day so because of that that kind of suspended animation for 20 years you know the information age uh seemed to to pass over but there's 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 a group of people in town that have been working really hard and uh we are actually uh they started construction this summer are and are installing broadband uh, through our downtown through the the major economic centers and then hopefully that's going to radiate out into the the neighborhoods but yeah i mean we re- a lot of people are are working from home you have that option now and uh you're just not a player if you don't have high speed internet and we we are getting that. It's not a it's not a pipe dream. We wish we had it. It is literally they're digging the trenches right now as we speak and laying fiber uh, all throughout the community.
2: Yeah, and that has become so. And I, I was saying it a couple of years ago that people are now starting to be able to choose where they live based on the quality of life because of you know various remote work opportunities, and then that just got fast tracked yep. in 2020. You know where obviously every job can't be remote, but there's just so many more opportunities for being remote, and then picking your community based on what you do outside of your work.
0: Yeah. And I think that that's, that's the model to happiness right there. You know, figure out what you love and figure out how to make money at it. If you can, if you can work from anywhere in the country and live the life you want to live, I I think you're, you're winning pretty hard right
2: there. For sure. So outside of mountain biking, you had talked about some snowboarding and skiing as well. Mm -hmm. What are some other aspects of outdoor recreation and Ely besides trails? Well,
0: I mean, of course you've got all the motorized stuff. So the the ATV and OHV routes and, and dirt biking and stuff like that. And everybody, you know, it plays really nice because again, we're all neighbors. You know, we're all out there enjoying the mountains. So the motorized and non-motorized does really well with each other. Um, there's a ton of wilderness areas. So if you're, you know, hiking, uh, backpacking, anything like that, I'm a, I'm a bike packer. So I do quite a bit of bike packing out here in the summertime. But then, I mean, you've got rock hounding, you know, there's a, there's a ton of minerals out here. You can do rock hounding. There's caves out here. Uh, So if you're into caving or spelunking or anything like that, there there's, there's all of that. Of course, there's, you know, the trophy hunting and fishing. Uh, We've got a ton of lakes that have, you know, uh, bass, trout, um, even one lake that's got pike. If you want to come spear fishing for pike, you know, you catch as many of those as you want and get them out of here and then the national park you know i mean great basin national park and and the surrounding mountains are absolutely spectacular everybody thinks nevada is just you know sagebrush you know basin and range but because we have we have so many mountains you look at the map of nevada and we are i mean they are all right here in white pine county we've got more peaks 10,000 feet and above than anywhere else in nevada so if you're a peak bagger if you're a rock climber you know uh a lot of these things aren't even named you know let alone having somebody else up there that you're going to see when you're at the top of this peak um you know so it's just it's got this rugged kind of uh what do you want to do i've seen paragliders out here you know there's a couple places if you're crazy enough to base jump you could probably do that it's just when you when you live so far out in the middle of nowhere that nobody's going to tell you no you know that's kind of the crazy thing and and so there's this culture of racing out here and it's we always you know we're like hey welcome to ely do you want to race? Because we've got uh, open road car racing where you can drive your vehicle. And we've had decommissioned NASCARs out here breaking the world record for open road racing where we, we shut down 70 miles of road. And, you man, open it up. Go for it. The cops are going to wave at you as you go by because that's what you're doing that day. We try to have air races out here, um, you know, bike races, train races, foot races, you know, it's it's really all of the ingredients for whatever outdoor recreation however you like to do it we, we've got it out here
2: Wow decommissioned NASCAR that's that sounds pretty awesome I mean it really does that it's that welcoming and you you know uh, you did you did talk about highways a little bit too and I was kind of curious when I was doing research in Ely I believe it's highway 50 is called the loneliest highway in America yeah what's what's the story behind that
0: so uh, if you know anything about like the, the history of the Lincoln Highway, it was the first transcontinental road. Uh, there was a lot of roads in America, but none of them actually like linked in with each other. They were independent trail systems. And so the Lincoln Highway was was the, the linking of all of that together. Um, so Highway 50 was part of that. And because of its lack of water and things like that, it never really developed up. So you've got, I want to say... Five communities between Ely and Carson City, uh, which is a, which is a five and a half hour drive. Uh, you're going to drive easily for an hour to an hour and a half between those communities before you get gas. Uh, there's all kinds of stuff on that road. I mean, there's uh, you look at a, you look at a pile of rocks and you're like, well, there's a pile of rocks. It was a Pony Express uh, stable or corral back in the day. Or you know, you look at broke down ranch and there's a story behind it. There's hot springs in the hills. So you're not going to see anybody on 50. I mean, you're you're, when uh, I I can't remember what year it was in the 70s or 80s or something like that. But there was an article where it was officially designated by some national publication as the loneliest road in America. And it said, to travel this road, you have to have survival skills. You have to be ready to like, you know, bring extra tires, bring extra gas, bring, you know. And then so immediately when you tell somebody, and this place is gnarly, it's probably not for you everybody wants to come and experience the loneliest road you don't get you don't get any radio reception at all you know so you get a lot of thinking done uh, or good conversation if you've got somebody in the car and yeah it's just it's it's so different cuz i've driven all over this country and you know you're going to run into you're going to run into a town you're going to run into something not not on highway 50 not on the loneliest road you know when you see when you see the town of eureka or austin or the outpost of, um, cold springs, you know, you're like, Oh, I've, I've got to stop here just to see another human for a second. And then I'll keep on going.
2: Well, and it sounds like you yeah, at the very least, even if you don't pack extra tires and everything else that they said in the article that you're supposed to bring, you need to plan your gas stops. Definitely plan your gas stops. Cause, cause if you got a quarter tank of gas and an hour to go or more, you're probably going to be, experiencing the loneliest highway in America in ways that you don't want to.
0: No, and and nope nobody's coming by, you know, uh there's there's not a, a tow truck coming from the nearest town. Um you might be spending the night there. Yeah. Oh, yeah, so, but I, I mean it's 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 cool. I mean there's a draw to that, right? Yeah. People do crazy things. The you know the cool thing with the Highway 50, all of those towns are there because of mining. So they are like socked right into the mountains too. And they're all starting to figure out how important uh, mountain bike trails are as well, and so you're starting to see between, you know, Carson City kind of starting it, Ely connecting those dots because those are the bookends um, for Highway 50 through Nevada. That the uh, the communities in the middle, Fallon, Austin, Eureka, uh, are all moving towards developing their trails out there to make them destination trails as well.
2: Oh, wow, that could that sounds like it'd be a pretty awesome road trip once that's well underway.
0: It, yeah, it's gonna we're gonna we're gonna change the name to the the most mountain bikingest highway in America. Um, it's got a better ring to it.
2: <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, is there anything else in Ely that you'd like to kind of discuss? I did laugh when I was doing my research on on this. I did come across Poorhouse uh, Hill as a trail name. Yep. yep. It, so I did laugh at that. And trail names have been a topic of conversation in other episodes here because. You know, like a lot of kind of these, you know, you can almost call them like dirtbag sports, mm-hmm. you know, like rock climbing and and mountain biking. You know, there is some creativity that comes into naming routes and trails. What else do you got out there? <laughs> well,
0: uh, you know what, I'll, I'll I'll talk about that. I'll go back to trail names really quick. Um, I I love it because it kind of shows the personality of the community. You know, you look at these trail names and it, it's very, it's almost like uh, like craft beer names when you've got a local brewery and and their beer is named after your it's the same thing with the trails and so we've got things like making pancakes you know because the guy who was designing the trail forgot to turn off strava when he went home and made pancakes in his kitchen and so you saw this like circle of walking around between the stove and the refrigerator and it was like right after he had flagged the trail so we were like that's that's the name of the trail it's got to be making pancakes and so there's all kinds of stuff. I wish Red Light District hadn't been taken already in Nevada for a trail name because that whole Garnet Hill Trail system was going to play off of that. But we'll have to get creative. But yeah, other than other than that, like, why would you want to come to Ely? So it it does have that because of the sus- suspended animation. It's it's history, it's architecture, the train yard, everything is the way it was. You know, I mean, it is. It's not a observe the history from an arm's length that you actually get in there and the nevada northern railway is unbelievable um and that's coming from a community that that in carson city that that had a steam engine as well but they're great partners i mean they're and they're great partners in outdoor recreation so not only do they do you know all your theme trains and regular trains and stuff like that they've got a great night sky and astronomy program where you take the train way out into the middle of the desert and astronomers are out there waiting with telescopes and doing this entire night sky thing uh we we are designated as as one of the darkest areas in the country so if you're into stargazing or astronomy you know that that stands alone unto itself but the train is is an unbelievable partner and they will they will shuttle your bike on the train and take you to either end of the line um, to where you can ride back and do that You, you can drive the train uh you can be the engineer. It's just, it's really cool. You got to check out the Nevada Northern Railway if you are coming out here. And the cool tie is, is that I believe steam trains and bikes were invented, what, 10 years apart? Really? I didn't know that. Very, 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 very close. And so the connection between bikes and trains uh, goes a lot deeper. Um, And it's amazing to think that both of those technologies are around in one way or the another or another, one of them kept expanding their their technology and then and then bikes pretty much stayed their glorious invention the way they were and have not changed, you know, too remarkably much, you know. So it's kind of cool. You know, we've got we've 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 got them both here. And then the national park, you know, uh the Bristlecone Pines, the only glacier in Nevada. And then you can go underground into Lehman Caves and and do the whole cave and cavern tour. And all along the way, you know, we're seeing our restaurants grow, you know, so I've had a lot of people who are like, well, I'm a, I'm a vegetarian or a vegan. Can I actually get food in Ely? Um, yeah, if you were a vegetarian back in the 90s, you're going to eat exactly the same way, um, you know, out here. But baker has come a long way into doing a farm to fork thing. Um, so there's starting to be more food options. You're starting to see music pop up and all of our events coming back um like the horse races in august all that stuff are there those are legacy events because they all started a hundred some years ago so yeah i mean my it's cool man you feel connected it's it's a community that has been here for a while doing its own thing quietly not really looking for a whole lot of attention they're just kind of loving their life out here and uh because of that We've got a really killer quality of life. That's a fun place to visit. You know, you can come out with your crew, you can come out with your family, you come out by yourself. And hopefully you come out so much, you just want to stay, move your business out here, you know, and get involved in
2: the community. It does sound super, super amazing. And, and so many different aspects. With that being said, do you have any, any closing comments as far as supporters? Thank yous, um, people that, you know, either people or businesses or whatever it is that have really kind of You know, stuck their flag in the ground and helped Ely become what it is, both from a mountain biking scene, but also a community as well.
0: Yeah, totally. Um, You know, I mean, well, everybody that's involved in Great Basin Trails Alliance, uh, the work that that this crew has done is the reason why I'm here. They're the ones out moving the dirt. They're the ones that have been like keeping it alive for all these years and not giving up. So they've been the ones who have given me something to market and promote with the events and, and the trails and everything Big shout out to our land managers couldn't couldn't do it without your approval so thank you for working with us and you know kind of at least humoring our crazy ideas uh the city of Ely the county commission uh, again a group of people that we have to get their blessing on and and they're they're fully supportive but in the most recent, group, I I would have to thank uh, Imba, and I would have to thank the entire bike industry as a whole, because over the past couple of years, you know, you look for that partner who's going to go ahead and, and like you said, put their flag in the sand for you. And uh, since our kind of relationship with this trail accelerator grant, it, it kind of got the attention really put on us. And we've had a number of publications come out, do articles, photo shoots, videos, uh, use our mountains as, as bike test areas. And that's what we want. You know, I mean, our, our mountains are big and and rugged and you can definitely test your, your stuff out here. You can build stuff out here. We like to think anything that makes it through an Ely vacation is built Ely tough. And so, and that (laughs) didn't, and that didn't happen until we announced the trail accelerator grant, you know, so, um, so yeah, IMBA and, and, and all of the bike industry and, just letting everybody, we're really easy to work with. You know, uh, we think outside of the box, and we love it when other people think outside the box. And we just we try to make that happen. That's that's where we uh, that's what turns us on out here. So, kind of coming up with cool stuff. So, there, there's my shout out to everybody.
2: Yeah. Well, in full disclosure, it was the Trail Accelerator Grant and the uh, bike test video that Beta did that got my attention to reach out to Patrick at Imba to then connect cool. with you you know, so that's cool. Yeah.
0: No, that, and, and beta was it. I mean, beta was the, the group that, um, you know, we, we, we put a lot of stock in. Um, and I, I don't know how much we can dive into the story of bike to beta, you know, that we can get into, but it was a pretty sticky situation, uh, on, on Friday, right before the bike test happened. And we sat down with, um, with the team and we were like, we're not sending anybody home. We, we've got all the bikes. We've got the best people in the industry out here. How are we going to make this happen? You know, and we we worked over the course of the weekend and and out of the ashes came Beta MTB and they're killing it. Um, and to be honest, I mean, they they went above and beyond for us. I mean, it's that that was a great partnership. I, I love their team. Everybody was awesome to work with. And I, I really hope that they they come back to Ely and we can keep that relationship going. But yeah, they that was that, that was pretty much a turning point for us right there. Was that whole beta MTB project, the bike test, and when that video came out, I mean, I think there wasn't anybody in town that didn't feel confident that we were well on our way to to where we wanted to go.
2: So it sounds like you guys also helped turn bike into beta. Um, you know what? At least played somewhat of a role in it for giving them content and and get it in, you know, letting them you know, coordinating with them to do what they do.
0: Totally. Well, I mean, they, they know what they're doing. That's the thing is you've got the best photographers, videographers, writers, writers, and they were, they were all here. They were all here and, you know, bike shut their doors that Friday. I mean, I got a call that morning and it was like projects off, everybody go home, you know, everybody's laid off. And it, and it was just like, and you looked at, the faces of some of them, and it's like, but, but I've done this for 15 years. I don't, I don't know what I'm about to do, and you, you just—that's—that's that's not how we operate here. That's not how a town that focuses on community operates. I mean, these are our people, and so, so yeah, we just, we just kind of went back and forth, and they pitched the idea. Well, we're going to do a startup, and we've got the support of the industry, and we've, we've, we've got these connections, and, and will you still back us? And the answer, of course, was yes. You know, absolutely. And like I said, they they put out a really killer product. They did really great for us. That was money well spent. Um, and I I would work with them anytime and I would recommend anybody whose door they knock on, let them in because they are professionals and they are amazing people.
2: Yeah. Oh, for sure. I, I watched every single one of those videos for the bike tests. You know, I mean they do they do an excellent job. You know, and I've been watching their bike test videos for three or four test cycles now at least.
0: So I mean I think the biggest compliment is like our trail building crew, the people who have been out there, you know, doing it for so long, uh when the video came out and all the photos came out, they were like I didn't even, I didn't even recognize this is ely I they they looked at our community through such a fresh pair of eyes that it it opened everybody's eyes out here to being like holy cow, that's that's what it looks like when I ride that trail, you know, cuz you just when you see it for so long, you just don't know but they, I mean, they, they've redefined the way we look at our own community through mountain biking. And that, that's, that's amazing.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, Kyle, really appreciate you taking the time to uh, sit down with me and, and do this virtual interview. I love talking to people and get, hearing their stories and getting that story out to the, to as many people as we can.
0: Well, I, I appreciate it, Josh. So. I mean, I, I had a great time talking with you. I appreciate the opportunity to, to share the story because it's, It's something that we're proud of, you know, and we're going to keep working hard on this one way or the other, but, uh, you know, we hope people resonate with the story and they come out and they want to experience Ely.
1: Thank you for listening. Links for the various topics discussed on the show can be found in the show notes. Our next episode will feature Devin O'Neill. Devin is a freelance journalist based out of Breckenridge, Colorado. Over the past few years, Devin has written on the various issues that mountain biking has faced in terms of access and some of the growing pains associated with mountain biking. If you like what you've heard, please take the time to share these shows with others. Sharing these shows will help create awareness of both the guests who have taken the time to be on the show and the podcast series itself. Also, please remember to leave a comment and rate the show wherever you consume your podcasts. This podcast has been made possible by Mountain Bike Radio, Smith's Bike Shop in La Crosse, Wisconsin, and is an Evolution Trail Services production. If you have ideas on future communities or people to feature on Trail Effect, please don't hesitate to reach out by emailing evolutiontrails at gmail.com. Thank you again for listening.